Blog Talk Radio. Rise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. A new day has dawned. All over the earth, men and women are arising. It's time for the sons of God to awake. It is a day of justice, recompense, Restoration, revival, and resurrection power. Wonderful to be with you today. I hope that we're broadcasting live on all of our stations. You should be listening live or watching live right now on OmegaRadio.org. And I really want our listeners and the followers of this ministry to get that address down into your heart and into your mind, OmegaRadio.org. It is there that you'll be able to listen to and watch our live stream every morning, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, as the Lord allows. And this way, when it's time to get off the Facebook and YouTube, we have a go-to page, OmegaRadio.org. Okay, we're going to continue to look into that. But today, you can be listening or watching on YouTube and on Facebook. And of course, the number to call in during the broadcast is 818-369-0326. I'm going to do something today that I have not done in a very long time. Uh, Our friends, Kathy and Brian from Honduras, who were going to join me on the air today, uh, were reminded that they had an appointment that they needed to go to, and so they'll probably be joining me tomorrow on the air. So I'm going to spend today going back into uh, the archives, if you will, of my heart as I'm seeking the Lord and I'm praying Uh, like so many of you are out there concerning all the different things going on today. And maybe I'll just give a little backdrop, um, and this may be a little familiar to some people, but it's something Holy Spirit has just brought back up into my memory this morning. So we woke up this morning, number one, top of the list, Marcus Lamb is dead. 
Marcus Lamb is the co-founder of Daystar Television. He and his uh, wife, Joni, did the, uh, the Daystar program, their son, Jonathan, uh, and their other two daughters, I believe, very close to the heart of the family. Um, Marcus Lamb, as you probably heard, was 64 years old, and he died of COVID, according to the news reports and according to the doctors. What's really sad is every left-wing, every far-left progressive um, news outlet use this as a platform to disgrace people that didn't listen to Dr. Fauci. In other words, every news article begins with something like, Marcus Lamb, the Christian uh, anti-vaccine guy is dead. And, you know, they're using this to make it seem as though what they were saying, what they were doing uh, was a lie, and everybody better get on board now. The rest of the 60 million, 70 million, 80 million people that have not yet been vaccinated in America, they need to get on board. That's what the left is doing. That's what the progressive news left outlet media is doing. <clears throat> so they're exploiting a man's death for their own political agenda. Well, spiritually speaking and humanly speaking, it's very sad. I actually met Marcus Lamb and his son, Jonathan, and Joni uh, several years ago. I was invited to Texas to uh, play golf with them. They were having some kind of a fundraiser, and Patricia and I went out there and played golf, and I spoke with them. Uh, it was around 2017 or 18, and I shared my story about the Teton Mountains with them, and they were fascinated by the story, and uh, I thought maybe one day we'd be on Daystar telling the story. It never happened, which was fine. But Daystar Ministries was the one ministry on television that was willing to bring in all the different doctors and talk about this whole COVID-19 situation <clears throat> that was going on. So now uh, the, he has passed. And um, there's probably a lot more to the story. The sad thing is, regardless of what the story turns out to be, the man has left. And his family and his wife, they believe that he's entering into the heavenly halls of God's kingdom, hearing, well done, good and faithful servant. Well, praise the Lord. Well, we rejoice in that. Um, and that's where it ends. And so our prayers go out for Joni and for Jonathan, their wives, and husbands, the two daughters, and the rest of that ministry. I'm sure it is devastating. I'm sure it is devastating. Here's a man in the flow of his life. And is now gone, and we'll see how that all works out. So that's one thing, but the disgusting part of it was the exploitation uh, to advance a political agenda, to tell everybody, aha, and you hear guys like Don Lemon, aha, you know, aha, and this is really disgusting because what happens when someone dies in a car wreck? Aha, you know, this is just, one of those things, well, he died of COVID, which he spoke against. Well, that's no cause for political exploitation to disgrace a man or his family or his ministry because truth was being spoken on the other side of the coin, so to speak. So right there, we begin today's broadcast, just a minor headline, but I thought the most important, quite frankly, uh, right there alongside of it is the three young people, the three that were killed in a 
uh, high school in Oxford, Michigan yesterday, and I think it was eight others wounded. There are several in critical condition right now. Uh, a school shooting where somebody went in, a 15-year-old, as I understand it, with a nine millimeter, walked into a school, shot and killed three, injured eight, uh, disguised himself as a sheriff, trying to get into one of the classrooms. The kids were smart enough to recognize that was not a real sheriff. And um, that's, that story is, is one of the sad ones going on as well, because three teenagers aren't going to school today, and three families have been devastated, and a community has been, you know, awakened to the reality. Now, the political left, what are they going to do? The left, again, is going to use a political tool. Oh, we've got to stop with the gun issue. We have got to disarm this public. Uh, we have got to get rid of this Second Amendment right. And so that's always the exploitation. Everything that happens in America today is a tool uh, for the left to advance their agenda with the Hegelian dialectic. Uh, we we want to disarm American citizens. Okay, how do we do that? Well, why don't we do this? We'll create a crisis, and then we'll bring in a solution. Well, the only solution to this crisis is to, you know, stop the guns from being, you know, used in this country. We have got to bring America under control, like we have all the other nations, like in Australia. And you would ask yourself in Australia, hey, guys, how's that working out for you? While the police state in Australia is running roughshod over the citizens, and they have no resistance but to stand together in a big crowd and rush the lines and then get beaten or shot or killed because it is a police state. The disarmed Australians have no defense against the totalitarian government that is demanding that they do what they want them to do. That's a reality. That's a reality. This is not politics. That's a reality of view. So the Hegelian dialectic, again, we've got to get this resistor nation America and these right-wing white supremacists, uh, Republican, Christian, conservatives, we got to get them under control because their rebellion is hurting the whole nation. Meanwhile, while the left is touting the rebellion of the right because we just don't want to get a shot or something like that, or we don't agree with the data that Fauci is giving, in California, Oakland, and Los Angeles, and San Francisco, groups, I mean, 30, 40, 50 people, 80 in some cases, rushing into stores, Nordstrom and all these others, breaking windows, busting in, stealing, looting, robbing. Nobody's doing anything. But the right is the real problem. So the hypocrisy is outrageous, number one, right? So while all this is happening and all these horrible things are happening, on the other side of the world, you have Ukraine and Russia. And now you have NATO forces saying we're going to have to intervene because if Russia makes a move and starts a war there, then we're going to get involved. And so that's the talk of the land, another rumor of wars. And then, of course, all those American satellites that are being bombarded by China and Russia as they're jamming the signals. And there's all these, uh, uh, you know, I guess, weapons that are being employed to deal with American satellites. Uh, the Space Force deal going on right now. So these are just a few things that are going on. Another major issue in Mississippi today is the Supreme Court is hearing a case. Now check this out. Supreme Court of the United States of America is going to hear uh, an abortion case down in Mississippi, and it is expected that the Supreme Court should rule in favor of Mississippi to prevent 
abortions. So to, all right, so you get on, if you don't like abortions, the Supreme Court has an opportunity to rule on your side. However, the left is threatened. You go ahead and do that, and you'll see a revolution. So the, it's okay for the left to talk about a revolution, but if the right talks about a revolution, well, we're going to hunt them down and put them in prison. Do you see the utter hypocrisy? And I'm sure you do. I'm sure you get this. And it's unfortunate that's the way things are going. And if you look at all this and you stand back and you look at it from a biblical perspective and you look at this through the, the lens of Scripture, what you see is everything the Bible says. And I want to get into it with you and I want to share it with you. And I'm going to begin in Leviticus chapter 26 today. I'm going to go back to something I dissected years ago. And I've never retreated on the dissection of what this word is, even though it is Old Testament. I get that. But I always refer to the book of Corinthians, the New Testament letter by the Apostle Paul that told the converts to Christianity, to the Jewish Gentile church, the one new man church in the Ecclesia in Corinth. He said, do not neglect to read the prophets and the things that have happened in old time because they will witness to us if we do the same thing they did. So I'm not going to look at this from under the law or through the lens of the Mosaic law. I want you to hear what God was saying to a people, his own, Israel, if in fact they ever turned their backs on him. Now, that doesn't mean just people under the law. That could be a Christian today that turns their back on the word of God, the new covenant, okay, the Torah of the new covenant. So here was the message. I knew it was prophetic. I knew it was from the heart of God. And I'll start in verse 14. So Leviticus chapter 26, verse 14. And you'll probably see a lot of this in the New Testament. So you'll realize this isn't just, oh, that was for then. No, remember, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, everything that was written then was for our admonition upon whom the ends of the world have come. So pay very close attention. Don't neglect to hear these words because of some mindset. The Old Testament, that doesn't apply anymore. It certainly does in this sense. Leviticus 26, 14, but if you will not hearken unto me and will not do all these commandments. Okay, so he's talking to Israel. He's saying, here's the covenant of blessing, and here's the covenant of curses, all right? Verse 15, and if you shall despise my statutes, or if your soul abhor my judgments, so that you will not do all my commandments, but that you break my covenant, I also will do this unto you. So that would be like God today saying to the, the human race, or to the Christian church more specifically, because he's dealing with Israel specifically. So with the Judeo-Christian nation of America, uh, the, the one new man, Ecclesia, in the earth today, well, if you begin to go against what my word declares, which is a holy word, it's a righteous word, I mean, everything in the Old Testament is basically the same thing written in the New Testament, only with you're not under an external law, it's a spiritual power at work to bring us up beyond the, the lower nature things. And we can talk about that if we need to as we go. But I think you understand. So God says, if you break covenant with me, if you turn your back on me, if you do not honor my word, if you disobey my word, here's what I will do to you. I will even appoint over you terror. Terror. 
Boy, that sounds very close to what happened on 9-11-2001. The word terror there in the Greek is the Bahala, the Bahala. And the Bahala is I will appoint over you panic. That's what the word means, panic, destruction, trouble, panic, destruction, trouble. I, God, will appoint panic, destruction, trouble over you, over your nation. And I will appoint consumption. The word consumption is the shakafeth, the shakafeth in the Hebrew. And the word shakafeth means emaciation or consumption. You go a little bit deeper into the word, and it literally talks about a bird flu. Literally, it talks about an unclean bird, a cuckoo, a gull, a seagull, a seamew, okay? And it literally talks about emaciate the gull as thin or the cuckoo. So literally, if you put everything together in the Hebrew, you find that God says, I'm going to put this emaciation. You're going to start wearing thin. What do you think is happening to people that are dying right now of the flu and the COVID and blah, 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 right? Well, it is a judgment that God will bring over a nation, no doubt about it. And then he says, and the burning ague, and that is a burning fever. In other words, I'm going to send fever, sickness into your land, the ague. I'll give you the exact definition in the Hebrew is the kadaka. And the kadaka literally means inflammation, febrile disease, the burning fever, the burning fever. So inflammation. Boy, there's a lot of that going around in our nation right now, isn't there? People are being inflamed everywhere. The body of people is just kind of, it's, it's there. It's everywhere, right? So God says also that this terror, this consumption, this burning fever that shall consume the eyes and cause sorrow of heart, and you shall sow your seed in vain, is the next judgment, for your enemies shall eat it. So in other words, you're going to sow, but you're not going to partake. Your enemies are going to take the fruits of your labor. The enemy is going to take the fruits of your labor. Hmm. Many ways that could be done. So I looked at verse 16 in Leviticus 26 and what God was saying to a nation, his own, that would defy him, rebel against him, not honor him, not respect him, and not do what he says to do. I thought that's a pretty harsh judgment, boy, but it doesn't stop there. In verse 17 of Leviticus chapter 26, and I will set my face against you, and you shall be slain before your enemies. Now, this is Israel, God's chosen people, that are now coming under judgment for their disobedience to God. They will be slain before their enemies. And they that hate you, the left hates the Christian community, God's people today, they that hate you shall reign over you, and you shall flee when none pursues you. In other words, because of the hatred, people are going to be panicked. There's going to be fear in the land. There's going to be sickness in the land. 
People aren't going to be able to uh, extract the benefit of their labor in the land. Something's going to happen there. Uh, your enemies are going to rule over you. You're going to fall before your enemies. Those that hate you are going to rule over you. And you're going to flee when no one pursues you. In other words, you're going to get awfully paranoid. The nation is not going to be at peace psychologically, mentally, emotionally. And this is a really bad deal. Only elect righteous will be able to walk through this and not be a part of this. And that's what we labor in our fellowship to bring forth in the life of every true believer, an ability to stand when these things come because they are coming. These things are coming. Now, you would think that was bad enough. Those are pretty bad judgments. And again, I'll repeat them. Terror, consumption, burning fever, inflammation, which will consume the eyes, cause sorrow of the heart. You're going to sow your seed in vain. Your enemies are going to eat it up. And God will set his face against you. That's bad enough right there. And you shall be slain before your enemies. That's pretty bad. And they that hate you shall reign over you. And you shall flee when no one pursues you. You would think, man, that is a nightmare scenario. But that's just the beginning. It says in verse 18 of Leviticus 26, And if you will not yet for all this hearken unto me, then I will punish you seven times more for your sins. You see, America has sinned grievously before the Lord. You know it's true. I know it's true. And if we don't view the things going on in our world today or in our country through a biblical understanding, we'll never have a right, we'll never understand it properly. So this that is happening in our country before our very eyes, a lot of what has already been spoken here is already happening. But he says, if you don't repent, in other words, if this doesn't change you, these punishments, what's he going to do? I will punish you seven times more. Verse 19 goes into the higher judgment. And in verse 19, we read, I will break the pride of your power. <clears throat> See, that's dangerous. Americans take a lot of pride <clears throat> in their power, the military power, the political power, the financial power. And we put a lot of pride in that power and we give the boast of Babylon and we say things like, I'll never see a day of trouble. Nobody on earth will ever touch me. I've got all the weapons. I'm the big boy on the block and I can whoop anybody. Well, you can't whoop God. And so God is saying, I will break the pride of your power and I will make your heaven as iron and your earth as brass. The day is coming that there will be no ability. People will live their life in such emptiness, nothing above, nothing beneath, nothing growing from above, no rain coming from down, no watering of the crops. The atmosphere will not be cleansed by rain, and there will be an increase of drought, famine, pollution. Because without the rain, everything is going to become arid and dry, and it's going to change atmospheres. And God says in verse 20, and your strength shall be spent in vain, 
For your land shall not yield her increase, neither shall the trees of the land yield their fruits. In other words, you're going to labor to bring forth and produce, but it's not going to produce. Because I'm going to create an environment over your land that you're not going to be able to sustain yourselves. And your enemies around you certainly are not going to assist you. Get ready, America, for the worst is ahead of us, for our rebellion against God, for this nation's crime of shedding innocent blood, and in the face of God, offending him with such horrible abomination. And that abomination being so horrible is now touted all over this country in virtual silence. Not too many voices are rising up and condemning the abominations being committed in the land. And the very people that are operating in the abomination are ruling the nation, the homosexual, the lesbian, the transgender, all these kinds of people, the pedophiles, the people that are sexually perverse and twisted are now ruling in positions of power, and there's virtual silence in our nation. This isn't good. This isn't good because the very people that are in power are the ones that are controlling the legislature, the policy, the narrative. They are the ones in Hollywood. They are the ones in the institutions and schools and colleges. They are the ones that are shifting consciousness. They are the ones that are allowing and, and, and shocking the nation with images of 80 people breaking into stores and, and, and looting without any resistance. There's never any police. There's no resistance. Break in, steal, take away everything and go away. These people are the very ones that condemn anybody that stands up to do what is right. Now, this is not the end of the judgment. And you have to understand, this is judgment. This is judgment. It's not fair. Nobody said it's fair. But what the people of this nation need to know, particularly about the United States of America, the Judeo-Christian nation, okay, this nation of people that have faith and believe in God, the majority, at least it began that way. He said in verse 21, after that next series of judgments, the breaking of the pride of your power um, and all these different things, he says, if you walk contrary unto me and will not hearken unto me, I will bring seven times more plagues upon you according to your sins. So here comes the third wave of judgment. It began with the first wave. He just walked through the second wave. The third wave of judgment for their sins will begin with more plagues. The word plague is the makkah, and that means a blow, a wound, a stripe, slaughter. And it literally, literally means a wound. Figuratively, it means carnage, also pestilence, pestilence. To be beaten with another blow. You wonder what the next blow will be. Have you seen a cessation 
of the blows against our nation since 9-11-2001? I wonder if you could go back to 2001 on 9-11 when the alarm sounded over this nation and you could find a time where everything went back to normal. I guarantee you there is nowhere where America went back to normal after 9-11-2001. But I could show you how America went further and further into the dark waters of judgment and sin and blasphemy and rebellion and abomination. I could show you, track it for you, and that's the truth. So we have seen the blows of school shootings, mass shootings, mall shootings, concert shootings, theater shootings. We have seen flooding. We have seen hurricane. We have seen tornadoes. We have seen eruptions of all kinds, earthquakes. We have seen violence and burning cities, and we have seen division and a divided nation. What's the next blow? The death of a Christian leader? The next blow, three children killed in Oxford, Michigan? The next blow, what? A revolution that the left is threatened if the Supreme Court doesn't uphold Roe versus Wade? Well, I'll tell you this, whatever it is, more blows are coming to this country. And they were intended to bring about repentance. Every judgment that ever hit this nation was always designed to bring the nation back to God, to tell the Judeo-Christian nation, Don't let the tail wag the dog. You need to be the head and not the tail. And as the head of this nation, a moral, sensible community of people living in a nation whose founding fathers gave them a republic with a moral consciousness and said this only works for a moral people, we should have known better than to allow individuals to take positions of power and begin to work inwardly against the nation from within. But we didn't stop it. And here we are today. And now the people of the country are the enemies of the present government of the United States of America. How weird is that? That's really weird. So God says what's going to happen now is I'm going to bring seven times more plagues. And where does he begin? Verse 22. I will also send wild beasts among you. That may be wolves and tigers, but you remember the wild man by the name of Ishmael, whose hand will be against every man's hand and every man's hand will be against him? Do you remember Al-Qaeda? Do you remember ISIS? Do you remember the 54-year-old white woman in Oklahoma who had her head cut off by the black Muslim man out of the mosque in Oklahoma? Do you remember all the different events where the wild man began to release? Do you remember anything about the release of Ishmael? Today, the politically incorrect, the far-left progressive agenda, if you say anything against a Muslim, you're a, 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 a Islamophobic. You say anything against homosexuality, you're a homophobic. You say anything against anything that is evil, you're an enemy, which confirms the prophet Isaiah, the day will come when they're going to call good evil and evil good. So God says, you can argue with God all you want, that I'm going to send the wild man among you, and what's he going to do? He's going to rob you of your children. Ah, how's that going to happen? Probably through acts of terrorism or converting them to Islam, to worship Allah or something like that. But God says, I'm going to send the wild beast among you. They will rob your children and destroy your cattle. 
hmm, what is your cat? Well, maybe these are wild bees, hyenas or whatever. You wouldn't think of that in the United States of America, would you? But whatever these wild beasts are, they could also represent demonic spirits. Demonic spirits operating through particular vessels of whatever sort God chooses that will destroy the cattle, the food supply, and make you few in number, and your highways shall be desolate. So whatever is coming in this next wave of plague would be what? Population reduction. You're going to see a lot of people die through this pestilence. You're going to see it. The children are going to be robbed. Somebody's children were just robbed yesterday in Michigan. Parkland, Florida, 17 children were robbed from their parents in Parkland, Florida. We can go on down the list about the kids that are overdosing on opium right now from most likely originating from the Middle East and probably being sold right here in the United States or the cartels that are coming across the border. Many people, you just saw a concert with a guy in Astro Stadium, Houston, where hundreds of thousands of young people went there and they're smoking their dope and they're dropping their coke and they're doing all this other stuff. Well, those children have been robbed already. They're following a Satanist. They're following evil spirits. And you're probably watching your nation of young ladies, your daughters, who have been taken over by the hip-hop, the hippie to the hibbin and don't stop the rocket. You know, that community of rap and all that other garbage that went in and strung them out and pimped them out. And, oh, yeah, it's been happening for a long time. Many children in America have been robbed of their innocence. They're raping your daughters and your, your, you know, there's just, your sons are being turned over to the uh, elder homosexuals that are uh, kind of grooming them for a lifestyle. Yeah, it's all been going on. Children have been robbed for a long time in this country. It's not make-believe. So God goes on to say, after he says, and your highways will be desolate, you know what that means, don't you? That means something's going to happen, a blow. Something's going to happen where you won't be able to travel. Your time of travel is coming to a close. And then in 23, God says, and if you will not be reformed by me, by these things, but will walk contrary unto me, then will I also walk contrary unto you and will punish you yet seven times for your sins. Now, how many waves have we seen so far? Well, we go back and we saw the first wave in verse 16 and 17. Then we saw the second wave in verse 19 and 20. And then we saw the third wave in 22. And now we're getting to the fourth wave. And God is saying, if you're not going to be reformed by all these judgments, now think about 9-11-2001 and everything that's happened in this country and where we are today, and we're thinking we want to go back to normal, it cannot happen without repentance, okay? This is, this is deep territory. You need to know where this is all coming from. It's not originating with Barack Obama or Joe Biden or, you know, Nancy Pelosi. It's not originating with them. They are the mechanisms of divine judgment upon a nation that shut their mouths and capitulated and conformed and compromised and became very lukewarm, especially the church of Jesus Christ in this nation. Now, here comes the fourth wave. The fourth wave 
is I will also walk contrary unto you. All right, so how's God going to do that? Verse 25. I will bring a sword upon you. That means war. And you've already seen the beginnings, the previews of the unsheathing of the sword in your nation. It's been a civil war, left and right, BLM, Antifa, Proud Boys, whoever. You've seen it begin, the minor previews. But God says, I'm going to bring a sword upon you that shall avenge the quarrel of my covenant. In other words, this is going to be pretty tough. And when you are gathered together within your cities, get ready, cities of America, I will send the pestilence among you. What pestilence? The word pestilence here is the debar. And that word is a destroying plague, murain, all right? And it gets into a little bit deeper of a meeting that just is a pronouncement of divine justice upon the nation. So I'm going to send a destroying plague. Hmm. Is that happening? Is there more to come? It's a good question. But it's going to... It's going to avenge the quarrel of his covenant, the covenant with this nation. Did you know that America made covenants with God through Jesus Christ in the 1600s, in the 1700s, in the 1800s? Did you know that? This is a covenanted nation. The book, The Light and the Glory, which has been buried over the the lies of modern-day history, if you really want to know the truth about this nation, you have to read The Light and the Glory. It's a great book. Go online, get it, buy it. The light and the glory. Find out about your country. It's a massive blackout right now to what's happening in this country. Nobody knows who they are. They've lost their grounding, their footing. They don't know who they're, where they're from. They don't know where they're going. It's been a complete and total robbery, right? So God says, not only when you gather in your cities will I send pestilence among you, and you shall be delivered into the hand of your enemy. So God's going to be turning people, his nation, over to the enemy. And when I have broken, verse 26, and when I have broken, this is the fourth wave, and when I have broken the staff of your bread, in other words, now there's hunger is going to come into your cities. Hunger is coming into your land. He said, 10 women shall bake your bread in one oven, and they shall deliver you your bread again by weight, and you shall eat and not be satisfied. Hunger. God is saying, I'm bringing hunger. Now, we're not here yet. We're not here yet. But we're in the other stuff that's already been happening. This is on the way, and it's coming from the Lord. God is allowing this to happen. You can't stop it. I don't care what you do. This is the punishment upon a nation that offends God. It's coming. Watch and see. He says, you are not going to be satisfied. Verse 27, that was the fourth wave, pretty heavy stuff, war, famine, pestilence, wow. 27, if you will not for all this hearken unto me, but walk contrary unto me, it's going to get tough now. Listen to what God says. Okay, four times I've brought waves of judgment upon your nation. If you don't repent now, verse 28 says, then I will walk contrary unto you also in fury. Ooh. God walking towards us in fury. That word fury is the kema, and it means with venom, with heat, with rage, with indignation, with hot displeasure, 
with burning anger. Wow, God can be that way? Oh, no, he's a New Testament God. That's the Old Testament God. He's had an anger management class. That's not him anymore. He's the effeminate one today. He's the homosexual Jesus. Don't you remember? He doesn't get angry anymore. God is fully without wrath. He, that was an old, that, he, was, he was having a personality conflict with himself back then. No, 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 not true. He says, now, I'm going to walk contrary unto you in fury. This is not good. And what he's saying is, I will chastise you seven times for your sins. Now comes wave number five. Wave number five. And what does he say? You shall eat the flesh of your sons and the flesh of your daughters shall you eat. What? He's talking about cannibalism. It happened in 70 AD when Jesus warned the people of Israel to repent, but they rejected the Messiah. And when they were locked in for nearly seven months and were surrounded by their enemies, they had no food. And they were dying. They were boiling shoe leather. And they were eating their children's flesh. It happened in other parts of the scriptures. Go back to the Old Testament where Israel was once again surrounded and the two mothers were arguing which son or which baby they were going to eat first. And they ate the, the one lady's baby, they ate her. And the next day they were supposed to eat the other baby, but she kept it. And they told the king and he just flipped out and fainted. Couldn't believe that this was the condition of the nation. It happens. It has happened before. And God says, America, it will happen to you. Judeo-Christian America, I'm warning you. I am warning you, but you have not taken heed to the warnings. You are not repenting. I have brought one blow after another and to turn you back, but you are not turning and you are becoming more evil and more wicked. And this is dangerous territory. And only the very elect will scarcely be saved, said the Apostle Peter. If the righteous are scarcely saved, what will become of them who disobey the gospel? In other words, you go to church, but you don't do anything that the Word of God says to do. So this is very dangerous territory, but it doesn't end with eating your children. In verse 30, he went on to say, and I will destroy your high places, and I will cut down your images. We just saw to a measure the cutting down of the images, the statues of our history. We just saw a year of people coming and re just taking away historical monuments that gave understanding to times in our history. Well, God says he's going to destroy the high places. Watch out for a decapitation in Washington, D.C. That's going to happen. Probably capital buildings throughout this nation. Many capitals in the United States, cities of America, there will be decapitation events. It's going to happen in Washington, D.C. It's just a matter of time. Whenever God says he's warning, he's pleading, he's holding back. Even the people in Washington know that day is coming. That's why they have the COG, the continuity of government, documentation of how uh, a a behind-the-scenes government will come to power when the nuclear bomb takes out what's going on in D.C. So that's going to happen. God said he's going to do it. He's going to destroy the high places, cut down your images, cast your carcasses. Here's what God's going to do with the dead bodies. He's He's going to cast them upon your idols, and my soul shall abhor you. So God's coming with fury in this fifth wave of judgment, because he's now pretty well convinced you're not going to repent. 
So I'm going to release against you waves of judgment that are going to shock you. You won't believe it. You won't believe because you won't repent. So now you have God, his soul, abhorring his own people. The idolaters in the house of God, the compromised and lukewarm Christians, the people that are sprinkled around in the nation in politics and government and TV and entertainment who allowed all this stuff to go on. Time of judgment is here. And then he says in verse 31, I mean, if that's not enough, and I will make your cities waste and bring your sanctuaries unto desolation. You saw a preview in 2020. The sanctuaries were desolate. They locked everything down. Your cities were waste. We saw people being taken out of hospitals into moving vans that had refrigerators for the dead bodies, for goodness sake. You've seen all the previews. It's not over. It's just the beginning. God said, I will bring your sanctuaries unto desolation, and I will not smell the savor of your sweet odors. In other words, your time of worship and praise, sending up prayers, iron heaven. I'm not going to receive. I'm not going to smell it. I'm not going to partake of it. I'm not receiving anything. The time of judgment is now set. It's too late. And America is heading and has already crossed over. You see, what I know by the Spirit of the Lord, America crossed the point of no return in 2003. That is a prophetic reality. In 2003, America made decisions that caused it to go beyond and never return again. Market yourself. Has America ever returned to normal since 2003? The answer is no. 9-11 was an opportunity for the nation to repent. But by 2003, it made a decision. We're going full bore in the other direction. We're not repenting. And the enemy came in like a flood. He truly did. Verse 32 says, and I will bring the land into desolation and your enemies which dwell therein shall be astonished at it. Wow. The enemies that live in America right now today are going to be astonished about what God is going to allow to happen. They're going to think, man, we couldn't have done a better job. Look at the desolation of this nation. We hate it. See, the enemies of America, they hate it. It's kind of like the Assyrians when God raised them up in the book of Isaiah to be the weapon of his indignation, right? They were the people of his wrath. In other words, God's anger was in in the Assyrians. And God sent the Assyrians to Israel, and their hate for it was released. So he's bringing enemies in like caterpillars. He's Enemies have infiltrated the United States, and the hate they have for this nation, its moral values, its Christian ethic, everything it once stood for, they hate it. They tout now violence, stealing, robbing, lying, homosexuality, wickedness, perversion, every filthy, vile thing that you can imagine. So God says he's going to bring it, and even the enemies will be amazed. Verse 33 
continuing on in this fifth wave. And I will scatter you among the heathen and will draw out a sword after you. Your land shall be desolate and your cities waste. Powerful. Because here comes the scattering in the years that we live in, in the year 2021. Getting ready to shift into 2022. Today is December 1st. December. January. February. March. Four months until 2022 in the Hebrew calendar. April 2nd will be the year 5782. 5781, anguish, tribulation, affliction, pack your bags, get ready to go out into the wilderness, get ready something between today and April 1st, four solid months, something of these waves of judgment, these blows that are going to get more intense, the more intense labor pains, the pangs of a woman in travail, something on a scale that this nation has not seen in our generation is coming. And it is going to change the landscape. And if 2020 was not a consideration for people to step back and go, wow, what was that? That is going to pale in comparison. You have four months to get yourself in order with the Lord. Four months to get your mind. You better stop looking and say, oh, so-and-so said it, so I'm going to do because so-and-so said it. I'm telling you, you better get your mind, your soul, your spirit in alignment with God so that you can hear the spirit of the Lord. You need to bring your household into order, your relationships into order, your finances into order. You need to be actively doing something right now than sitting down and watching everything. You need to be actively preparing for something. And you need to prepare in every area of your life. And I'm telling you, I know that very few people are going to cooperate with what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. And they are going to get just as caught off guard as people did in 2020. I know this. If you're listening to this broadcast, I am warning you. I am telling you. And this is from my heart. There's something. There's something. I don't know what to the level. There's something. God is saying, get ready. Who knows? I'm believing personally that a signal has been set out that in the next two weeks, in the next two weeks, something's going to shift to accelerate the things we're talking about. But I want you to remember these things are coming from the Lord because of judgment. And if your judgment has not been taken away through the blood of the Lamb, if you're still sinning against God, if you're still lukewarm, if you're neither hot nor cold, if you're still just careful, be careful. We are in volatile, dangerous times. Danger. People are dying. They, because God of allowance, are killing the citizens of this nation. They are purposefully killing people, and their plans to kill more people 
And right now they're plucking them off one by one. And the people are in the lily pad of comfort. They are just getting more difficult to do anything, more difficult to jump out of the pot. It's getting hotter and hotter, but it's so crafty until eventually they won't be able to jump out of the pot. They won't be able to do anything. And that confirms the word of God that even the very elect of God during the Great Tribulation for three and a half years won't do anything. And the only thing you need to be doing right now is preparing. You need to get ready for the judgments of the Lord that are coming on this nation. That's not make-believe. And if you think it is, then you have been blinded to what's been going on since 9-11-2001. And if you fall into the camp of, oh, I've heard that forever, that's always been that way, you have just fallen into 2 Peter chapter 3. Scoffer and mocker will come and say, oh, all these things have happened since the beginning of time. You are extremely blinded and completely ignorant of the times you're living in. It's not over. He continues on. He continues on. And this is a very interesting thing that happens in verse 35, or excuse me, verse 34, as this fifth wave seems to be the massive wave, right? In verse 34, he said, then when your cities are laid waste, your land is destroyed, all these things are going on, then shall the land enjoy her Sabbaths. The land, as long as it lies desolate, and you be in your enemy's land. You're going to be scattered to your enemy's land. Even then shall the land rest and enjoy your Sabbath. You see, God says some things about the earth. And I think you recall it. The earth vomited out the inhabitants because it couldn't stomach their filthy conduct. God says in Revelation, he who hurts the earth will be judged severely. I mean, this earth convulses. It's a living organism. And when man's polluted sin and and the saturation of innocent blood and the acts of corruption take place on this earth, murder, violence, perversion of every kind, the earth grows. The earth gets sick. And that's where you see uh, earthquakes shaking, the the, the shaking of the earth. You see the volcanoes erupting. You see the uh, just the fires burning like a fever. The earth is a living organism. God created it to give us food, water. God gave it to us, beautiful. And we have defiled his earth. And so he's saying, because you have such greed and such covetousness, you wouldn't even let the land rest. You wouldn't cooperate with a Shemitah every seventh year, let it rest. You you wouldn't do any of these things. I know this is under the the law. I, I get it. But still, the exploitation, pump it up with all kinds of hormones and inject things to make food, you know, look like food. It's, it's getting so polluted. So he goes on, talks about the rest. As long as, verse 35, it lies desolate, it shall rest because it did not rest in your Sabbath when you dwelt upon it. In other words, the, the people of God didn't respect and honor the creation. Okay, verse 36, and upon them that are left, so after all this judgment, whoever's left alive of you, whoever's left alive, listen to what God says, whoever makes it through this 
these five waves of judgment, I will send a faintness into their hearts in the lands of their enemies. And the sound of a shaken leaf shall chase them. And they shall flee as fleeing from a sword, and they shall fall when no one pursues them. The mental, emotional environment of what people are going to be going through, even though they survived all this wrath and judgment and destruction, God says, I'm sending a faintness to their heart. The word faintness is morek, and it literally means fear and softness. I'm sending fear to your heart. So the survivors are going to walk in fear. They're going to live in fear. Jesus said that a time was coming on this earth that was so fearful that men's hearts would melt for fear of what they see coming on the earth. It's coming. Pay attention. Pay attention to God's word. He goes on to say, In verse 37, and they shall fall, these people fleeing in fear, one upon another, as it were before a sword, when none pursued them. And you shall have no power to stand before your enemies. The survivors are not going to have power to stand. And you shall perish among the heathen. And the land of your enemies shall eat you up. You know what it looks like? You know what it looks like? Nazi Germany. It looks like Germany in the 1930s and 40s with the Jewish people. Get an image. Get an image. Doesn't it sound a lot like it? Because God sends an enemy to the nation of his wrath, which was his own nation. The very chosen people who have rejected him, dishonored him, and disobeyed him will suffer these punishments. In the New Testament era, it was in 1930s and 40s that the Jewish people and many Christians suffered the Nazi regime of the concentration camps where these people were starved to death, raped, used as experimentation. And we say, well, we'll never let that happen again. You're letting it happen by your rebellion. Because it's not the Nazis you're fighting. They were only the tool, like the Assyrians. The Assyrians were the same way. But the Bible says in Isaiah chapter 10 that they were God's choice weapon. That he would display his wrath and anger towards Israel. Have you not read the scriptures? Do you not understand When you get God to the point of walking in fury towards you as a nation, even if you have been a covenant people and the chosen people, he will raise up an enemy 
And if he did it to the Jew first, what is he going to do to this Jew-Gentile nation today? The enemies are available. Believe me. You know this. Has it been just time to repent? Only God knows. He said, not only shall you perish among the heathen, in verse 38, and the land of your enemies shall eat you up. He talks about they that are left, in verse 39 again, they that are left of you shall pine away in their iniquity. Ah, we get back to the reason why it's happening. Sin and iniquity. What does it mean to pine away? It's the makak. And what it means is to melt, to dwindle, to vanish, to dissolve. In other words, the life in the people is going to be drained out. You go back to Nazi Germany, go back to the Jewish people when they had started out going to this camp, hey, what's going on? You know, it's, and through the time, and it wasn't three and a half years, it's a shorter period of time, and you see their emaciated bodies. You see their captivity. You see their cold oppressors who hated them. There was no compassion, no love, and that was a preview of what is coming on this earth and in this country. That's the word of the Lord, and you need to prepare your heart, as I need to prepare mine. And then he went on to say, not only will you pine away in their iniquity, in your enemies' lands, whether it's their concentration camps, or this land becomes the land of the enemy, which it seems to be doing right now, and also in the iniquities of their fathers shall they pine away with them. So the children, literally, are going to suffer because people that should be ruling and reigning within this nation have capitulated the power, have given over the reins. They're allowing this to happen. They're allowing this to happen. Verse 40. If they shall confess their iniquity and the iniquity of their fathers with their trespass, which they trespassed against me, and that also they have walked contrary unto me, and that I have also walked contrary unto them, and have brought them into the land of their enemies, if then their uncircumcised hearts be humbled, and they then accept of the punishment of their iniquity, then will I remember my covenant with Jacob, and my covenant with Isaac, my covenant with Abraham will I remember, and I will remember the land. So even after these five horrific waves of judgment, for anybody that's still alive, if they will repent, then I will repent. My God. My God. He said, the land also shall be left of them, 
and shall enjoy her Sabbaths while she lies desolate without them, in verse 43. And they shall accept of the punishment of their iniquity, because even because they despise my judgments, because their soul abhorred my statutes. But now they're going to repent, in verse 44. And yet, for all that, when they be in the land of their enemies, I will not cast them away, neither will I abhor them, to destroy them utterly, and to break my covenant with them, for I am the Lord their God. If they repent. You know, let me tell you a little bit about real repentance. We've been having a lot of conversations on these broadcasts. You know, the left is trying to get rid of weapons out of the hands of American citizens. You know all these things. I want to tell you one of the greatest stories of true repentance ever witnessed in Scripture. In my opinion, in my opinion, was the story of a man by the name of Josiah. And if you've followed this ministry long enough, you've heard me preach my heart out. In fact, before Donald Trump was ever elected, I'd been preaching for years that God would send to America a Josiah, which was a reformer. Notice in Leviticus, God's looking for reform in the people. But you need a reformer to do it. Donald Trump did not bring reform to our nation. He was an accelerant to the judgment, if you're paying attention. I was praying to God for a reformer. Josiah was a reformer king. He began at eight years old. It's in your Bible in the book of Kings. And as a 26-year-old king, he came to power. He was sitting in his throne, but Israel was a nightmare. It's kind of like America today at this point. And somebody found the law, the Torah, and they read it, and then they brought it to King Josiah. And King Josiah had the book read to him, the Torah, and he ripped his clothes. And he said, no wonder why we are under such judgment. We have disobeyed the word of the Lord. He got on some new clothes and he gathered all the people. And they came together and made a covenant that they would repent and turn to God. And he took all of his power, his military power, his finest warriors, and he marched throughout the land of Israel and he pulled down the altars of idolatry. He pulled down the houses of the Sodomites. He pulled down the idols that were spread across the land. He went to war in his land, and he got rid of every individual that was in a position of power that was evil, and he brought them into death. He scattered their ashes upon their idols and burned them in the fire. Oh, you got to read the story. Here was a man that was jealous for his God, a reformer. And said, I'm bringing this land back to God. I am not going to sit back and I'm not going to allow the Sodomites to rule and reign over this nation because this is a covenanted land. I'm not going to sit back and do nothing and wait, try to politically fix it. It cannot be politically fixed. I'm going to bring all the power I have. And I'm going to every capital building in this nation, and I'm going to get rid of those 
who have stood against the Lord. That's what Josiah did. That's a reformer. And he went through that land, and he turned it upside down, and anybody that resisted him, they were out. The judges that were judging wrongly against the Lord were literally hung in front of the people. I'm telling you, that's reform. That's reform. America today needs a reformer. It needs a reformation. There needs to be, in the New Testament age, there was a reformation. Literally, the Martin Luther 1500s, the reformation of the church. And what did it do? It cost them their lives. There was something called an inquisition where the Catholic Church, through the Vatican assassins known as the Jesuits, were bringing the reformers and the people that started reading their Bibles and tortured them beyond their measure. In the New Testament age, the last 2,000 years, there were crusades. Christians would go to Jerusalem and fight crusades. And we can go on. If the church doesn't do anything, if the church is silent, it's over. Now the judgment. Now the judgment. We in this country have experienced, and I tell you the truth before God, the smallest strokes in comparison to what's coming. And I don't know. I personally believe in my heart, and therefore I stay with what God shared with me years ago. We've crossed the point of no return. We're not turning back. There will be no reformer. And that's why Donald Trump did not bring reform to the nation, because it's past the point of no return. There is no reformer. But we're being threatened by the left. If you stop murdering babies, there's going to be a revolution. The unique thing about the United States of America is that we, the people of the United States, were given a constitution and a declaration of independence that when your government starts doing stuff like this, you, the people, have a responsibility to throw that government off and to bring in new guards. That's the Declaration of Independence from the Founding Fathers. That's our constitutional right as American citizens. And yet we have an enemy within our gates who has slaughtered over 90 million babies home, over 500 million abroad. We have now legalized men marrying men, men like Peter Buttigieg, having sex with his husband, wanting to adopt babies, becoming a political power in our nation. The sickness, the insanity, the utter abomination, and yet you say, oh, don't say that. You're going to get in trouble. I'm showing you scripture about how God feels about these things. And you don't want to feel the way God feels? Man, it should break your heart. It should break your heart. Verse 45. 
But I will, for their sakes, remember the covenant if they repent of their ancestors whom I brought forth out of the land of Egypt in the sight of the heathen that I might be their God. I am their Lord. I am the Lord. These are the statutes and judgments, the laws which the Lord made between him and the children of Israel in Mount Sinai by the hand of Moses. So, again, that's under an old covenant, but we're not looking through that lens. We're looking at how God deals with nations. And that's why the New Testament apostles said, don't neglect to see how God dealt with nations in the past. Read it, 1 Corinthians 10, read it. For everything that was done back there was to be a witness to our generation in the New Testament, that they were to be an example unto us that we don't do the same thing they did lest we get the same judgment they got. So where do we stand today? We're under judgment in America. And yet we can honestly say since the last 18 years or 20 years, going back to 9-11, 20 years, our nation has been literally turned inside out, transformed, taken over. And people that hate God Almighty and rule contrary to his heart and mind are in positions of power. And they're moving throughout this land to silence the voice, to put fear in the people. And if the people do nothing, I had another passage of scripture As a, as a pastor for 29 years with some giftings from the Lord to say things, to know some things, kind of like Joe Biden, God gave me the dream. I saw Joe win the election eight days before 9-11. I took an airplane, flew it into the Twin Towers in a flight simulator, joking around. Eight days later, it happened. God said, I want you to watch, pay attention, put on the watchman's wall back on 9-11-2001 because eight days earlier I flew a United Airline flight simulator, multi-million dollar flight simulator plane directly into the Twin Towers. Eight days later it happened. I cried out, what was that all about? God said, you, t- you pay attention, you watch. I've been watching. I've been watching, 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 watching shouting, declaring, warning. So there's some gifting involved. And I'm telling you in my heart, very carefully, there's a wave coming. There's a wave coming. And you may be surprised by the vessels through whom it comes. But again, God will raise up the Babylonians. God will raise up the Assyrians. He'll raise up the Romans. Today, he'll raise up China. He'll raise up Russia. He'll raise up Islam, Iran, if you want to go personal. He'll raise up all kinds of enemies are available to him. To do what? Because of the lack of repentance and humility in this nation? To destroy this nation. And it's happening. It's taking place, and the people are afraid. And most don't know which way to turn. There's no leadership. The politicians, 
the talking heads on television, the senators, the Congress that are acting like they're angry about everything, they're getting filthy rich through the $1 trillion, $1.9 trillion bills, and they're all filthy rich. They could act like they're upset, but they do nothing. They do nothing. They should be fired. They should be brought down. They should be kicked out. All of them. Because they've done nothing to protect this nation and this nation's citizens. And they're allowing this nation's citizens to be put into fear, be put into prison, and it should not be allowed. They should be fired by the people that hired them and put them in those positions of power. But they don't serve any longer. They only serve themselves is the unfortunate truth. And we, the people of the United States of America, who have been given a constitution, and I know the word of God's constitution is far above it, but what, what, what was it given to us for? Why did the founding fathers write this Declaration of Independence? They were Christian men. They were Christian-minded. Why did they give it? So that we could say, oh, don't do anything. There's zero leadership. And the people that tried to stand up and resist the destructive forces are made to be the enemies. So then, what's the plan? No leadership. No reformer. So I follow my reformer, my leader, my king, Jesus Christ. And I listen, what do you want us to do? What are we supposed to do? Prepare for the utter and complete destruction of your nation. So what happens if a reformer comes? What happens if God raises up a leader? Oh, God wouldn't raise up a leader to bring reform. He wouldn't. I just told you about one reformer by the name of Josiah. I could talk to you about Phineas. I could talk to you about all kinds of reformers. The Maccabees were in Hanukkah. Hanukkah is all about the Maccabean revolt. Hanukkah is about some people that just said, I can't, I can't stomach this any longer. And they went and did something. You're in Hanukkah right now. Jesus celebrated the Feast of Dedication, Hanukkah. He saw the zeal of the Maccabean revolt. He didn't despise it for Jesus Christ himself was a zealot, the zeal of the Lord has eaten me up when he went to the temple. But he was on another assignment. His assignment was to lay his life down for the sins of the whole world. But he had zeal. Don't ever let anybody take your zeal. Would God bring a reformer to our nation? Not going to happen through politics, baby. 
That's a joke today. The whole political system in the United States is a laughingstock. It is a joke. Oh, they have power, and they'll use it. Oh, you offended me, so we're going to exercise power against your life, because that's who they have become. But they are a laughingstock. They are a joke. There's no respect for the United States government. And if you have respect for that government and have not respected God, you're a fool. You cannot honor and respect this government. This government, they're not doing anything to stop the insanity. The Supreme Court is going to make a decision. They're going to hear a case today. They're hearing it right now about mass murders in Mississippi. They have now been threatened by the left. If you rule against Roe versus Wade, if you rule against abortion, you're going to have a revolution on your hands. More threats. The cowering right has been threatened to sit down, shut up, or else we're going to do something against you. And either they love their little lives so much, they don't want to lose anything, But whatever happened to the Founding Fathers, we pledge our lives and our liberty. We pledge our goods. and Whatever happened to people that used to stand up for what is right? Why are they now sitting down when wrong is prevailing? What is that? What is that? I don't want to lose my zeal, but I don't want to lose my salvation either. So I have to be abundantly clear about what I'm feeling. It's a bit awkward to live in a country that your government is looking for you to make a mistake so they could have a problem with you when their sins are so wicked. Jeffrey Epstein, Donald Trump was on Lolita Express. Bill Clinton was on Lolita Express. The elite from London were on Alita Express. Where were they going? Listen to Rick Wiles, True News. They uncovered it. Yes, Donald Trump was on Lolita Express, the friend of Jeffrey Epstein. I wonder why. He said, I have powerful enemies. You won't see me for a while. Did they have dirt on him? I don't know. Kind of a bummer that he was on Lolita Express going to a pedophile island. And I don't, you know, that's just a reality. That's now facts out of the, the case that's going on right now with the woman that was Jeffrey Epstein's right-hand woman. These facts are coming out. The sins of the leaders of this nation are so gross. It's all judgment. It's all judgment. And everybody's afraid to say what to do, what needs to be done. We don't want to be impatient. We want to live in the blessing and the abundance that God has given us. We want to be left alone because we're not doing anything to hurt anybody. We're just speaking out against the injustice. And if you live in a society where you're no longer allowed through the freedom of speech to speak out against what is evil, You're not allowed to talk about vaccinations. You're not allowed to talk about, uh, you know, anything. January 6th, you can't talk about 
anything. How did this happen? Judgment. I'm not shutting up. Not because I'm proud, not because I'm boastful, not because I'm, I'm vitriol. I have none of that. I just can't fathom, except for the moment, God says, shut everything down. and disappear. There's no hiding in this world, that's for sure. You'd have to be under a supernatural hedge of protection by God himself. Jeremiah warned and spoke out. Jeremiah, God's prophet, spoke out for 40 years, was arrested, put in pits. He was persecuted. But God was with him, and at the end of the day, when the Babylonians came and did everything he warned them that they were, he was going to do, he was walking through the rubble writing a book called Lamentations. Favor was on his life from the evil empire's commanders. They gave him a place to live. Where's the voice in America today? Where's the voice Where is the voice that transcends the voice of contrariness, but in and of itself is yet not right before God? Where's the voice of the church? Where's the voice of the sanctified? Where's the voice of the humble? Where's the voice of those who weep and sigh and cry for the abominations that are committed in the land? Where's the voice? I know salvation, forgiveness, love, healing, love people that are involved. I get that. I totally get that. To win people's souls into Christ's kingdom forever, I totally get it. To love everybody, I get it. You have to balance that with where we are and what's real. Well, these are my comments. These are my comments today. But they're not my comments. It's God's word. The only question remains is what to do. What to do. How to live in America today in such an environment. Maybe you have a solution. Maybe you have an answer. And maybe you'd like to call it in. The number to call is 818-369-0326. Your country's about to be destroyed. It's being destroyed. It's about to go to another level of destruction. Do you have anything to say? Any point of view? What would you say about this moment? Are you heartbroken? Are you sighing and crying for the abominations? Do you even want to know if there's anything you can do? Crickets. 818-369-0326 is the number to call. Press 1 on your dial pad. I'll bring you in. Crickets. Brenda Torville, I see that you are in the chat room right now, and Patricia and I are praying for you for your health. 
May God heal you. His arms be wrapped around you and comfort you. And be healed in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, Brenda Torville. Be healed in Jesus' name. Maybe you're out there today and you're sick. Maybe you're discouraged. Things going on in your life that you wish would be better. There is a God in heaven. And there is a name above all names that we can call upon. And thank God that in this despairing moment, There is a way out, and his name is Jesus. He is the way, the truth, and the life, and if we follow him, we will be led, though it be through a narrow path, into the everlasting arms of our Father's love. See the desperation of the moment. See it for what it really is. And then move very close to the heart of your Father. Cling to Jesus Christ. Cling. Wrap your arms and bring your chest to his feet, to his cross. Get close to him. Do not be afraid by Anything, your adversaries, Philippians chapter 1. Don't fear anything of your adversaries, for this is a token to their destruction that's coming. Do not fear. Weep, lament, hurt, especially if you grew up in this country and saw it in its glory, in the beauty, and when it was more righteous and moral. Laws protected our society from this criminal, satanic environment that's now everywhere. And you've seen how far it's gone away. Weep. It's not a bad thing. And ask God, what can I do? What can I do? How can my life serve you? I don't want the zeal and what I feel to bring me into places you don't want me to go. I don't want to do anything you don't want me to do. But what is this inspiration of the Maccabees that decided to go against the evil people of their day that Jesus himself would actually go and honor during the Feast of Dedication? What inspired them? to literally go, that even when they went to resist the enemy, God performed the supernatural miracle when they wanted to cleanse the temple of all the evil, because they loved the temple, that God let the oil keep burning for seven days when it was only supposed to be on for a day. There was only enough for a day. But the oil supernaturally, God showing he was with them. David, the king of Israel, cried out, Is there not a cause? And he took his slings, his stones, and he went to war with Goliath. What is it? And yet it is true, as far as the documentation of the new covenant, no place does Jesus or the apostles instruct the people of God, the church, to take up arms and go to war. 
There are some ideas about go and buy, sell and get buy swords. Yeah, it's true. But let me ask you a question. Because something's not written, because it doesn't say in the New Testament either, don't defend your country, don't have a weapon, there's nothing that condemns it either. So it's silent on the issue. But the whole history of how God dealt with his people, a revolution in 1776, a civil war in the 1800s, because the Bible is silent on something, how do you come to conclusions about an issue? It has to be spirit-led. I could probably... Uh, find something that the Bible is kind of silent on that's just common sense. The Bible doesn't talk about it one way or the other, but it's obvious. I think I have a call coming in from area code 212. Let's see. Or area code 479212. Good morning. God bless you. Welcome. To the broadcast, you're on the air. Good morning. Can you hear me? Yes. Were you calling in? Yeah, I'm calling in from a place called uh, Decatur, Arkansas, <laughs> or they call it Decatur. Yeah. Hello well, I'll tell Decatur. you what. I'll tell you what. You can just sense the demons, agitation. You can just sense the darkness being turned upside down. I mean, this is the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. And if anyone has ears to hear, let them hear what the Spirit of God is saying today. The day is coming when the door will be closed, but he's allowing a time for a heart to repent. And this is the call. The prophets are scattered in a good place, so they're messengers of truth. And we should be so privileged and so honored to have a prophet, a messenger of truth, going through at this moment, in this region, to go on the deaf ears. And I pray to God, I pray to our Father, that these words will penetrate the darkness of souls and to bring them back into the guiding light, into the way back home. I'm calling, I hear the Lord calling to all the prodigals, to all those that have fallen, to all those that are deceived, to come back at a time right now, for the time is at hand, and this, I hear the Lord saying, is the last chance for some beautiful romance. And if you have been brokenhearted, and you have been tripped up. He's saying, come back to me. Just confess. Just repent. And I will wash you clean. Clean as white as snow. He says, your heart is your heart. is your most beautiful treasure. And even though I name the stars, everything cannot be complete unless I have you. He needs his ecclesia. He needs his body. He needs his bride. And this is what I hear. 
This is what I hear. And, Pastor, I love you. Thank you so much for opening up such a wonderful message today. It's such a beautiful day outside, and it's a beautiful day in the Spirit, and it's a wonderful, beautiful day in this kingdom. Hallelujah. Absolutely amazing. What a prophetic word. What a heart cry from the Spirit of the living God, and what a beautiful way to just you know, just put that into and inject it into what God was saying today. Brother, thank you so much for sharing. Amen. Love you. Amen. Love you too, man. God bless your heart. All right, the number to call, we've got a few more minutes, 818-369-0326. Did you hear that? Did you hear that? Do it. If you're hearing this, if you're outside the camp, do what you just heard. Stop the nonsense. Stop playing games with your eternal soul. Repent. Turn around. What did I just heard? Taking another call coming in from area code 605. Good morning. God bless you. Welcome to the broadcast. You're on the air. Good morning. Yeah. <clears throat> We're in a very solemn time. Jeremiah 51 <clears throat> speaks very plainly about the destruction of Babylon. And in the 13th verse of Jeremiah 51, it says, O thou that dwellest upon many waters, abundant in treasures, thine end is come, and the measure of thy covetousness. God has dealt with our nation for many years. In the past, he said prophets such as David Wilkerson, and many other prophets that have been sent to our nation. And now, and God has a remnant of prophets now, but the, but the land is polluted. Only repentance, like you spoke, is going to bring the hearts of the people back to where God wants us. Amen. I believe that. I believe that. And you say, where does this repentance come from? Everybody wants revival, but there's no repentance. Everybody wants to see harvest, but there's no repentance to cause a cultivation of fruitfulness in the lives. Where, without repentance, without confession, without brokenness, how can there be revival? How could there be any such thing? And only the Holy Spirit could produce repentance. It is a gift of God. And if God does not give the gift of repentance, we're in trouble. Great call. Thank you for sharing. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Bye. God bless you. 818-369-0326. Press 1 on your dial pad. Um, We'll get you into the broadcast and hear your heart and hear your thoughts. We need to have a discussion, you know, an hour and a half, two hours, you know, and then you break and then you go to the tomorrow. And I just wonder if anybody gets the sense, and I'm hearing the last two callers, there's something there in their hearts that I hear. If you're understanding how late it really is, what, how dangerous this moment is. There's a lot. Anybody else? Okay. I think that we have run our course here today. 
and I'm not seeing anything. Uh, Chris King wrote in 1 Timothy 1, 9 and 10, knowing this, that the law is not made for a righteous man, but for the lawless and disobedient, for the ungodly and for sinners, for unholy and profane, for murderers and fathers and mothers, and for manslayers, for whoremongers, for them that defile themselves with mankind, for men stealers, for liars, for perjured persons. Yes, that's what the law of God, that's what the law was for. Praise the Lord. Okay, folks, have a great day. Please do something. Uh, share the message, subscribe, like, and please, it is the 1st of December. If you would consider a donation to the ministry, we would be forever thankful and grateful. Thank you. God bless you. Have a super blessed day. Oh, wait, I've got another call coming in. See, this one just kind of came in here. Area code 916. Good morning. God bless you. Welcome to the broadcast. You're on the air. Good morning, Pastor Vincent. Thanks for taking my call so late. I appreciate it. That's okay. Thank you. Um, I just wanted to offer a quick comment. The Regarding the news media and the Internet and all the millions and zillions of websites that one can pick and choose to read across the Internet, we are a free country. Um, well, we used to be. The United States of America has had written into its laws at the federal level freedom of speech. And what this has translated into regarding the news media and regarding the Internet is that anyone without any sort of qualifications or any licensing or any restriction, anyone is allowed to post any article, any wording to the Internet that they want whether or not there's truth in it and whether or not it's just nonsense, then this is a good thing and it's a bad thing. It allows room for dissent. And it also, unfortunately, allows plenty of room for Satan to work his madness in the medium and on the Internet. It used to be that we didn't have censorship on the Internet. But as you well know, we now have censorship on the internet we are no longer free to post an opinion that opposes the agenda of the left as you well know you can get bounced off of facebook and the other uh, social media sites either permanently or for a set period of time if you so much as dare to speak out against the left if you speak out against abortion if you speak out against homosexuality and pornography, then you're going to be censored. And that is the work of Satan. I guess what I'm trying to say is it just amazes me the downward spiral that the United States has been in the past several years. And we do see it accelerating. We absolutely see it accelerating. This is the work of Satan. And it's the job and the responsibility of the body of Christ to pray against that as frequently and as strongly as we possibly can. Sir, that is my story, and I'm sticking to it. It's a great story, and it just inspired a thought in me, and I think people maybe want to hear this particular part. There's a particular uh, passage in the Scriptures in the New Testament that has a Greek meaning called um, a Kairos moment, speaking of opportunity in the midst of a crisis. And right now you just said that the downward spiral, that's the crises. And so the opportunity is for the church to arise and the believers to arise 
while the nation is going down, this is time for the cream to come to the top. And so I believe that if you're listening to this broadcast, you want to start praying and asking God as this downward spiral is happening in this nation and in this world, that the spirit of God, the kingdom of God would begin to rise, that the divine nature, that the the way of God would begin to rise. This is opportunity in the midst of a crisis. And uh, you spoke that very, very well. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor. I appreciate it. Yeah. Well, God bless you, sir. Have a wonderful day. All right. And we'll we'll catch up with you later. All right, my brother. God bless you. Shalom. Take care. All right. Great. What a great way to leave the broadcast. Opportunity in the midst of a crisis. Be encouraged and let the workmanship of Christ in your life rise. Let it rise. God bless. We'll see you tomorrow, Lord willing, right here on The Watchman. I'm Vincent Xavier. By the way, if you'd like to support this ministry, you could do so by sending a gift to P.O. Box 100. Let me give you that information real quick here. P.O. Box 100 is the way to go that's on the screen right now. P.O. Box 100, Decatur, Arkansas, 72722. We would appreciate your gift to the ministry. Thank you for doing so. You could also do it online, by the way, by simply going to one of our websites. One of them is nwmglobal.org, and under the donations tab, you, should, you can give there. And you could also give at, that's nwmglobal.org. You could also go to omegaradio.org, and you could give there as well. We would appreciate your offering to the ministry uh, for what we are doing here. And there is a very unique thing you do right on your phone. You could type in and text 41088 Omega, just like it is on the screen, 41088, lowercase Omega, all one word, 41088 Omega, and then type in the word give. It'll take you where you need to be. So thank you once again. Be encouraged. Be blessed. Praise the Lord and pass the ammunition. We'll see you tomorrow. God bless you. Have a wonderful day in Jesus' name.